a similar theme that I repeat over and over. This is just another way of saying it. The title of this Dharma talk is Just Witness It. Just, just, just witness it. Nothing extra. No comment. Don't add and all the other. Just observe. I don't know. Uh, the idea behind this way of talking is to, because it's so critical, so important to your awakening and what do you awaken to? The truth that the Buddha taught and that is true in other uh, spiritual paths. That nothing is separate from anything else. His way of saying it is pratitya samutpada or dependent origination. I think I got that one. doesn't matter. What I'm trying to say is if you see anything, that's ignorance. If you see anything, that's ignorance. <clears throat> You're, anytime you see one thing, you ignore everything else. So this is why it has been said, and uh, looks that way over here also, all knowledge is ignorance. We're not saying uh, that we need to get away from that. It's about awareness. It's not about manipulating, adjusting anything. <clears throat> the constant grasp, the three poisons. The constant, constant grasping, passion, the constant rejection, warfare, or anger, or violence, and the constant uh, shutting down, or ignorance, or shutting off, or closing off, or prejudice, <clears throat> causes one to continue to rotate in the six realms, the three realms, in various levels. Like we talked about the other night, the bardos different states, different different planes, different dynamics, this between that. Like a Dagwood sandwich. Just checking to see. That's how I determine how old people are. <clears throat> or how old they think they are. So is it about it is about not about staying in one layer or avoiding this or staying in that or making sure you're always witnessing. All you have to do is notice that when you stop doing that. Again over and over and over. It's always about awareness, never about what arises in it. On the other hand, it is about seeing what arises in it and without manipulating it, without buying into the passion, aggression, ignorance that is, the com that is completely in the service of that which we call the ego or the seventh consciousness, if you're talking about the eight consciousnesses in the uh, Yogacara or mind-only tradition. It's that area of consciousness that doesn't want this but wants that wants more of this and less of that, and those other things it's not sure about, so closes off. Or they like foreign, or they like alien. There is no, there's nothing, there isn't anything that's alien. Even aliens aren't alien. Want more? Even humans aren't human. Sorry, sorry, I jumped into that before you responded. It was one of those, what do they call those, rhetorical questions? So the idea, this is why we encourage uh, various kinds of meditation practice or training awareness practice. There's, there's lots of them. They're countless. Go on YouTube and say meditation and you'll get you'll get, you'll get barraged, I guess would be the word, with everything under the sun. Everybody has their own uh, sales pitch or, you know, I don't really have one of those. Maybe a little bit, but not much. My way of doing it is, you want this? I can show you how. You don't want this? I don't want to hear your explanation. Let's go do something else. I'm not here to discuss anything. I rarely have conversations, swapping opinions. Not, not. It's not that opinions don't have 
a relative validity or truth. Of course they do. That's why they that's why they get all the press. That's why they get all the attention. That's why people say, well, what's your opinion about that? And we actually treat it as if there's some kind of value to swapping opinions. It's just entertainment. So I'm not saying don't do that, but, but be very aware. And you can do that if you're... Sitting practice is strong. You sit down, hold still, as still as you can for as long a period as you can without being rigid and without being militant. The militancy or the macho quality that comes up in different practices. Uh, not only Zen, but the Tibetan practice of sitting in a box for centuries. It's just a misunderstanding uh, that, that thinks we, ha we have to get somewhere. You don't have to get anywhere. Just stop abandoning where you actually are. Stop leaving. Don't leave it. You can't leave this room. If you see what this room is, you'll, you can't ever leave this room. If you see what anything is, you can't ever leave anything that you see because there is no over there from the point of view of a, a deep spiritual understanding of this, which is not only on the surface, but is also all the way down. Surface and depth are not different. They're just two metaphors for the same thing. So when, I, when I'm saying just just witness it, I'm, I'm, I'm just encouraging you in the, in the simplest way possible, that, uh, especially in, the, in your meditation practice, hold very still, and whatever occurs is completely appropriate. I'm not saying it's comfortable. I'm not saying it's going to feel like some kind of true path. In fact, and in fiction, if it feels like anything other than what is right there, then more delusion, more ignorance, more going in circles that look like a, looks like a straight line. Shoto. Is entertainment a way of shutting down? Depends on what you do with it. And grasping at it or, or wanting more of it uh, tends to make the spinning more intense. It's, again, it's not wrong. It's just a way. Just just be aware of that. You don't have to. You don't have to stop doing anything. Well, unless it's you, and then you know what your marching orders are. Don't march. Depends on who it is, and it depends on from this person's point of view, it depends on what my relationship is with you, and, and you're the one that determines that. I don't. I get my, my understanding of, of my relationship to you from you. You show me exactly how much feedback you want. And I have people I've known for years that they don't want much feedback. They just want to tell me stuff. And what do I do? I listen. Listen. Receive. More? notice in my own personal dynamic it seems like any of the five sense fields and maybe even the thought consciousness is just completely saturated all the time with a lot of input and uh, there's a want to, to back off of that because it, it seems like it's just numbing me to everything that's around me because there's just such a high level of input I don't notice any subtlety so is there any value in pulling back That's a long question. It's a long preamble. There are a lot of questions in the first 15 minutes of that. 
you should ask one of those. And then I'll talk about pulling back. The entertainment part. So I'll answer the question that you didn't ask, which is, it, it, it's only about awareness of what's happening there, not about manipulating it, doing anything with it. Keep, it, keep that to a minimum. What I, the, very fir the first two or three sentences that you uh, brought up there, just what I hear there is awareness. You're aware of those structures happening. All you have to do is watch them. <clears throat> you don't have to move into or out of or shut down on anything. That's difficult for everybody to do because sometimes the emotions we have, the feelings we, ha we have are, are frightening or, or, or ragged or, or intense where we, we, want to, we want out of this. We want to get away. We want to stop it. We don't want to feel that way anymore. Go ahead. Is any tendency we have because we're holding on to something? Probably. To say that generally could be different in different ways, but usually there's some kind of a grasping going on. <clears throat> and it's not about letting go. Letting go is... Trying to let go of something is just a, another form of uh, aggression. We need to work with uh, the way it looks here. We need to look with our awareness to see, as you've heard me say, if you've listened to me talk uh, about look the, look at the way you hang on. And then, then if, it's, if the causes and conditions around all of that situation are, are timely, then you'll, you'll let go without even trying. There'll be no effort at all. You, it's just like the image I've used before. You look at it, you look at it, it looks like a, a bundle of uh, geraniums. It looks like a bundle of geraniums. It starts to change into some roses. And then it changes to a banana. Then it changes to a, um, a basket full of, uh, what, pears. Logical. And then suddenly you see it's a damn snake, and you let go of it. You need to let go of that. You just have it covered up. You don't know what it is. So you, continue to cling to it. I shouldn't hang on to these geraniums, to this entertainment. Have a hold of a snake. It's like the image, it's the traditional image is that we should have compassion for others because they don't know that they're, that samsara is, is they're running into a burning house. And one who has understood the nature of a spiritual path, the nature of reality, that everything is dependently arisen, let the world badger you about you need to get out, you need to, what's this thing they talk about, engaged Buddhism. And by saying, I'm not particularly mocking that, some people, that's all they can do. Their, their practice, they, they cannot stand to be there and realize who they are. So they see what's going on around them and they think that they can take their, their uh, uh, imitation awareness that is a description, and I'm not, a, I'm not evaluating anyone. It's a description. Their idea of awareness, their idea of meditation, their idea of how calm and cool they are out into the world. They have not seen deeply the hidden aggression under their third rib, just below their buttocks and the back of their knee. I'm just saying that. To, I don't know what else to say. They have, if you haven't really gotten to know the, your attachment to this body form, this is not real looks real, feels real, not real. It has a reality that is dependently arisen. That's how it's unreal. It's not that it's not here. It's not that you don't have nerve endings. Of course, 
but the fundamental nature that causes us to continue to go in circles and search for something else, something else, something else, something more, something more. It's spiritual materialism. And so leaving the wall, leaving your practice, leaving, in our case, leaving the monastery and going to do something else, to go out into the world and, and march on something, or march against something, march for my... I'm not saying that's not there, and I'm not saying you should shut down on that. You should look at it. You should watch the news. You should stay. You should receive. You should receive. Produce as little as possible. But you keep it on receive, 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 without... Just witness it, just witness it, without adding anything to it. Then, when the time comes, if one ever comes, if there is such a thing as time coming, uh, you will go into action without even popping the clutch. Sorry about the metaphor. You don't have any clutches anymore, do you? <laughs> well, motorcycle. You will be doing a wheel stand to get at the situation without even thinking about it because you know you have to do this. It's choiceless. Wait until it's choiceless because anything else, if you're doing something that is not choiceless, it's out of self-centeredness and it's out of a deep underlying grasping at something else, trying to be someone, trying to accomplish something. Highfalutin form of spiritual materialism. So just wait, just wait. And how a good place to wait is in front of a wall. Sit down, hold still. It's not even waiting. Waiting is extra. Yes. When you talk about choicelessness, it seems that's an easy area for the ego to hijack and say, like, oh, I didn't have a choice, and mm-hmm. kind of excusing themselves and yes. getting into a bad situation. So what's the distinction? The distinction is if you see yourself justifying it, if you start to put one foot on the floor or stand up and notice you're headed in a particular direction. If there's any chatter going behind it, say, you should do that. One single whisper coming out of your, uh, uh, what do we call that? The cage of the mind, the cage of your afflictions. One little whisper coming out of there is, you need to do this. No, you don't. You don't need to do anything. The only thing you need to do is what you don't need to do or what doesn't arise is something you need to do. You just do it. It's just spontaneous. It just comes out of the... It's not a self. It's a without a self. I can't give a talk if I come in here with some kind of attention of doing something. I'd make a fool of myself. Or you'd realize that I've been a fool all along. Uh, I don't have any other way of saying this, but aren't you a fool? Yes. So what would be the difference of if you knew something and you came and made a fool of yourself or we noticed that you were a fool and being a fool now? It's a question. Maybe I misheard you, but I thought... That's not a question. I thought you said that if you came in here knowing what you needed to do, we would notice that you're a fool, or we might see that you're a fool. You might. And I'm wondering how that would be different from you talk about being a fool now. Because I'm a fool, but I don't let you know about it. I hide out, I'm hiding behind my wisdom. Could you just maybe say what you mean when you, when you are talking about being a fool? I'm saying you can't find, uh, I'm saying it's a relative way of saying uh, that, uh, that one realizes one doesn't know anything, one realizes that one has no reference points, and one realizes that nothing has been accomplished, and that you're a, basically a nobody. There isn't anyone. There's no solid being. This is difficult. This is heartbreaking. 
that discovered this uh, after years and years and years of being on the spiritual path and trying to find the truth, the true path. More? After one of the talks you had me give some time ago, you said the difference between the two of us was that you knew that you were a fool and that I was still trying not to be one. That was a great teaching, wasn't it? Yeah. Did you appreciate that? I did. I remembered Good. it. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering that if when we see that we're a fool, does anything change? It may. Something may change. It may not. Just, just the, just the awareness that one is is helpless. That any the idea of being a fool is doing something that is uh, is just foolish, and then realizing uh, that of course that's wisdom, not separate. The the samsaric side of of wisdom is foolishness. The nirvanic side is wisdom. So we're, we're in a relative thing, in a relative situation. I have a stick, it makes a noise. I have a hand, I can wave. It's relative, so we're here. But you could say it to, you could say that we're, where we actually are is nowhere. No particular location at all. More about that, it would be good if you have it. You said that you don't have to get rid of, for me particularly, maybe my pride or my anger. You don't. And if I were to see that I'm a fool, would pride and anger still show up? You might be proud that you recognize that you're a fool. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a very pretty subtle form of pride. You know? <laughs> like, I know I'm a nobody, but... <laughs> I just have to be me. <laughs> oh, I, th I think the, the thing that makes it uh, makes it difficult is that you actually can't grasp it and to say a fool is just a way of talking about it to help people see that that to encourage you to encourage anyone to instead of when you start to feel kind of useless or foolish or like you're headed in the wrong direction I as a Dharma teacher I'm saying keep going because your wisdom mind is probably going to show up due to the the grasping and the, the intense aggression and shutting down of the self-centered part of the mind the ego the seventh consciousness uh, and and the the, the 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 vasanas that come tumbling out of the the eighth consciousness or the uh, alayavijnana, however you want to characterize that old consciousness thing, it's trying to keep somebody going as somebody. So when that starts to come apart, the e the message from the ego is this is kind of foolish. You're being totally foolish to do this. Like the people that live in the monastery might get mm, this is not really getting anywhere. I think I need to go and study under Thich Good idea. Don't do that. Stay here. Take your medicine. Go to bed at nine. <laughs> so it's it's just a structure. It's just we're using a structure in order to see all the ways in which our, our reality has uh, is unstructured. It's completely an open dimension everywhere. By by looking at the form, by observing the form, by practicing the form just happens to be this form, just happens to be these sutras, just happens to be this building, happens to be this body-mind complex, just happens to be this. And consciousness is arising through this, through your karma, and manifesting as your, what, your life story? Without a beginning, without an end? More questions are good if you have them. Kiyun.
it could show up that way. Uh, I think initially probably does, could show up that way of stillness. That's the way of what we're doing is we're sitting still. When you sit really still and do zazen, shikantaza, you, you notice how, it might take a while, you notice how you can't really hold still. Things are moving constantly. You can see the contrast, you, your heartbeat, your diaphragm is moving, you know, your, your, your toes wiggle. And then when you finally feel pretty still yourself, then everything in the room starts to move. The wall starts to move. Someone's voice outside. A cardinal outside in the trees. There's all kinds of movement. The air conditioner shutting off and on. There's uh, stillness uh, in, uh, in in what arises in the mind. There's stillness there also. Stillness is a concept that points to something. Movement is a concept that points to something. But what that something fundamentally is, uh, is not examined because we grasp at the concept about it. That's like this similar thing is when I say witness, I'm saying if you're really witnessing what's happening, you won't know what's happening. If you really see what's happening, if you really see it, you won't have any, you, you won't join in, join that with some kind of concept about what that is. Like it's, uh, I'm looking at a camera and it's, no, wait a minute, is that a camera? I'm looking at one of those squirt cameras. <laughs> so uh, the witnessing part is a very interesting area you could use that word if it's helpful or observe if it's helpful uh, or just receive is another word that I use a lot just whatever's happening just receive add nothing to it and the other way to turn that around is the, the idea of if you want to give something rather than producing something give everything your attention it's an interesting area there where it has to do with generosity you're actually so generous, you're just going to give someone your attention. You're going to listen to what they're saying, no matter what they say, and you're not going to add on any comments or thoughts about uh, what they're saying. You might you might see you might see spontaneously that they're being dishonest, but you you just that's just something that arises out of the dynamic of observing. But nothing is added on to that. Like maybe I should say something. Should I just? act like I believe this. I'll have a little experiences like that in conversations about what should I do here? If you're saying that, then probably should go take a nap. Further questions? Close that. This is from uh, one of the readings that was done this morning from your book. I have a book. Oh, yes. It's for sale if anybody wants to buy one. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was green. This is an old one. Oh, the first green First edition. First. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even book. sign this book? I didn't sign it? No. Okay. Hmm. So I could read a few sentences back if you want the context. Or... <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll ask the questions here. <laughs> okay, so this is how we train ourselves to strengthen the awareness instead of the thought process. The thought process is already in charge of almost everything that happens in our life. In this situation of shikantaza, we are reprioritizing our thinking awareness process so that awareness begins to lead. So how can we, the question is, when you say thinking awareness, How can we train our awareness of the thinking without 
being lost in thinking. It looks like if one, I don't know if this is one, you know, one shoe fits all or anything like that, but it looks like if you can find time to sit down and hold still and just observe what continues to move without your permission, without your, I mean, like, if I sit here and hold my hands, my, my, my right hand is not going to move without my permission. So I have a little bit of say-so about the body complex. This is why we think we're a body, because we can actually do stuff. Nobody's doing this to me. I'm doing it. And when it comes to the thought process, thoughts also look like we're able to think thoughts. But actually, thoughts are something that occur to us based on causes and conditions that depend on origination. Everything I'm saying, even though it's a Dharma talk, is independently arisen. So, what's the difference? Between what and what? Between that and the other thing. <laughs> what's the difference between what? What's your question? When you say strengthen the thinking awareness process, it seems like on the cushion you, you can observe thinking that spontaneously arises, but off the cushion in life, it seems like the thinking is associated with the activity a lot of times. I don't say, do I say strengthen thinking? No, but you said strengthen the thinking awareness process. Hmm. I'm wrong. I shouldn't have said that. Okay. But that's what I said. Well, that's I'm, what I, I'm, I'm that's meaning what to say strengthen the awareness and not the thinking. Thinking process is muscle-bound. We, the, the ego mind uh, is, we all have, maybe it's you, but we've all met somebody who just has to think about everything. Their whole mind is like, if you try to even talk to them, there's not enough open, not enough breathing room to even have a conversation. It's usually just a lecture from them about who they are, who you, and they'll even tell you who you are based on their preconceptions and judgments of you. So I'm saying, maybe I did say something uh, that, that doesn't fit, I don't know. We are reprioritizing our thinking awareness process so that awareness begins to lead. So can there okay, be... That, yeah, what we're doing is being so clear when you sit down. That's why I don't uh, have uh, do a kind of teaching that some people do based on having done it for a long time. It's not I just I didn't just think it up. I actually practiced in a different way than I teach. So trying to stop thinking is a it's a misunderstanding. That's all it is. I'm not judging anyone. Maybe some people need to practice that way. They should keep doing it. But I'm saying it's about observing the thinking process, not meddling with it, not trying to find a way to, as Trungpa Rinpoche would say, uh, uh, I don't know if he said this, I think he did, label thinking and return to the breath. Not a good idea. I mean, it's not a bad idea. It's something you could do. I mean, I would have said it differently do it for 20 minutes if you want to, but then the, the next four or five hours, just to, just observe. And he did have a way of talking, and others too, of, of doing some kind of a controlled practice, and then eventually just opening up, raising your gaze, and looking across the room. So some of that is, is happening there. But he also had thousands of students, and you know, I've got a couple dozen. If I had thousands of students, maybe I'd come up with a different way of teaching also, I don't know, that would kind of give everybody a basic thing to way to do, it, do that. But it looks to me like, and it looks like to, looks to me like, just observing, just witnessing what happens. That your own intelligence takes going to take time will allow you, or will will serve you better by finding out what is fundamentally the truth, 
rather than having some kind of a manipulation that's trying to stop you from thinking. Because thinking and awareness are not two different things. They just look like it. And we have to treat them that way as long as they keep functioning to support an ego or a self or somebody who is unreal. I don't care how much your, uh, your uh, body-mind complex is uh, hurting or in trouble. And of course, I care. I don't want you to suffer. But I'm saying that doesn't mean that you are somebody. Yes? When you say thinking and awareness are not two separate things, is that different from saying that they are the same? It's like Sandokai. The sutra is not equality of sameness and difference, but it, ha but it has to be. That's a, a concept that is looked at, and then we have to understand that uh, it's like the clouds in the sky are different. They do have a different function. They function in a different way. The clouds, the sky kind of stays there, and the clouds come and go, uh, and it function as a, a strong relative situation. But fundamentally, they're not two different things. They're both impermanent because they're concepts. Go ahead. Aware. Awareness and thinking are both impermanent. Mm -hmm. Awareness can't function unless there's an object, so it's not separate from it. But we have to we have to go into it with some kind of understanding about how that whole thing functions before we can actually understand uh, that emptiness, that we don't fundamentally exist the way we thought we did. Pretty exciting, huh? No. <laughs> so, emptiness is not empty of, of, of what it's full of. It's empty of our imputation or ideas about it. A simple way of putting it. Not saying that if I were more scholarly or more smart, smarter or more intellectual, I could probably say it in a more, I could circumambulate all of the concepts around emptiness and talk about. Um, self-empty, other-empty, and we could all have headaches. Galactopas don't have headaches. Because they don't do anything but think. And they should. Junchu. Earlier you said the surface and the depth are not different. If there's feeling that there's some sort of self-deception going on under the surface in the depths, you could say, how is that also apparent on the surface? It's apparent in that in that you, uh, you, me, us, we are, are covering up uh, something we think is missing or something that's gone. We're covering up, we, we're, we're actually covering it up with our ideas, our concept, just the idea that we can't reach it or that it's hidden. It's a concept. Everything is available now. Every, everything is available here. I won't say here and now because that's too corny. But but everything is everything is available. It's available. The the war in uh, in uh, wherever it is, Sudetenland, the war in on the moon, the, all the wars that are going, all the fighting and all the terrible tension that's going on in the world that doesn't look so good. Um, watch the news for a couple of hours and and it's, it doesn't feel so good. So, but that is also surface and depth at the same time. But people relate to it as if it's something that they have to fix based on the relative context in which they see it arise, which totally blocks out history. It totally blocks out that the, 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 the space and time are not two different things. 
because it doesn't see it, it doesn't understand it. It's, a, it's operating out of a relative uh, context. More. In a physical situation like a war going on in another country, if we're not able to physically be there and see that or experience that, how is that available to us? <clears throat> you might know more about that war than somebody who's in it. Because they are completely submerged in that situation. And you're able to look at it from a distance. Just like when you meet somebody who is extreme in extreme pain or suffering, because of the nature of dependent origination, you're able to actually take a distance. The, the issue that happens is when you take the distance, if there's some kind of self-centeredness or grasping going on, then we think we're here and the problem's over there. So it's, it's just it's a simple uh, situation like uh, of, uh, of uh, using t traditional words of non-duality, not to. Anytime it looks like there's two things, that's delusion. More? When something feels hidden, what is that? It's hidden. But if it feels hidden, that's also awareness that something is, that there, something that has some kind of uh, substance to it that is not clear or is out of sight. So that's awareness. If you hear if you hear somebody that's in the other room, and you don't know who's in the other room, there's a, a quality of awareness there that knows that that can't be seen. But if you're in here and you're in, and you don't hear a noise coming from the other room, you're not even concerned. You don't think of something being hidden or something you don't know about. So that's the beginning of the awareness. And what uh, the issue that seems to be problematic for the Self-centeredness is we run away in fear, or we or we run into it in war, or we just shut down and distract ourselves into something else instead of continuing to listen to that sound. Simple metaphor, but it's that kind of thing. Don't whatever rises. Uh, don't cover it up with your ideas, your opinions, your judgments. Don't turn away and go. You can use the formula of the three poisons to see how you push aggression, how you pull passion, and how you block out or distract yourself, ignorance, do, do, do none of that. And in order to do none of that, we have to, we have to note how much we continue to object to our life, uh, try to be someone else, try to stop this or start that or manipulate things. So just witness it. And to witness it is to not know what it is. If you know what it is, uh, then you probably have uh, abandoned it in some way. Michael. Is there anything that arises that doesn't originate from the three poisons? So, the way it's taught, traditionally, the way it's taught is uh, avidya, or the 12 links on the chain of existences. There wasn't anything, there was just an open dimension. And then there's uh, ignorance, and the, the metaphor I use is a uh, hot and cold come together and form some kind of a energy spin, uh, like a, 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 the one I use is a, like a dust devil or something like that. 
So that seems to be how it starts, and then it then it progresses out into more uh, into the samskaras and into consciousness formations, and then consciousness, and then the the, the name and form or the the, the, the uh, form, feeling, perception, concept, consciousness, and then on up to all through the grasping and the, the becoming, to sickness, aging, and death. And so, um, I, I think it's I think that that. Anything that arises probably is going to show up in that way, in some kind of way of, of something's here and it wants something else, just like a tree wants sunshine. Simple metaphor. Uh, something wants to live. I, I remember uh, reading uh, Ramana Maharshi, who was the uh, ancient the sage in the last century, uh, who passed away of, I think, cancer age of around 80 or so in 1950 and he kind of warned his students his um, people that were close to him there's going to be suffering there's going to be pain but it wants to live too it's just an interesting statement that he made about the cancer the tank cancer wants to live too so something wants something else Jim Shu. A question from Greg in the UK. Can there be awareness without an object, i.e. pure awareness? So, Greg, we're, we're, we're looking at concepts here, and so to, you know, I could say, yes, there could be the Tathagatagarbha or the ultimate nature or uh, suchness or... So, but it seems like there's some kind of, for us as human beings, there's some kind of uh, witnessing quality that can happen there. Um, uh, you know, we could speculate on that, um, but there's no there's no way to act because any kind of knowing is going to bring us back into samsara and back into relative truth again. So, what seems to happen, and this may be helpful to you and to to others, is that what happens is the object as a living being, which we're all living beings here. See, no, I don't see anybody who's dead. Yep. Everybody's living here, and hope that's true in the UK also, Greg. End of the humor. Um, what we see, we see it at the same time. It's non-dual. It's advaita. Uh, the fancy words for it is not two. The two-ness remains. The two-ness remains, but the insight into it is it's not separate. So therefore, we see it, and we don't see it at the same time. We see separation and we see no separation at the same time. And the way I talk about this, and this is the way this began showing up for me uh, uh, 1,500 years ago, another previous incarnation in uh, Somalia. Uh, how did it show up? Oh, everything I look at, look at looks like one of my friends. Everything I look at looks like friend. Everything I look at looks like friend. It's a way of, of talking about the separation, but not going so far as that we're smushing everything together, like we're all one. That's bullshit. We are not all one. Sorry. <laughs> Don't believe a word I say. Don't believe anything. Don't believe anything anybody says. Find out for yourself. Get your own authority. You find out. Sit down 
and look at the wall. Sit down and look at your body-mind as it comes and goes and comes. You awaken. The only, the only thing I encourage everybody to do is wake up, find out, sit down and find out what is true. You may have to study a bunch of texts. You may not. Go ahead. How does working with a situation that seems to be, in a relative way, teacher-student based on some kind of authority, how does that help us as students get our own authority? So, it, it, because the, the way the authority functions as the teacher-student is, is always uh, in, in uh, equilibrium. If it's, if it's truly a Dharma teaching, then it's always in equilibrium. In other words, there's always a balance happening there. Not too tight, not too loose. There's just, I experienced this with my, with both of my teachers. When they met me, I got exactly what I, what I, I didn't know that at first. I had to look back on it and say, how could they possibly know exactly what I needed to hear from them? I got exactly. And from seeing that, I feel, think, assume in some sense that everyone got something different because I didn't see other people getting the same thing, the same kind of feedback. So I think it, it takes on its own relationship that you, that I have as your teacher, you as my student, uh, is fluctuating all the time. And sometimes it gets very tight and I say, don't do that. And other times it's very loose and I say, yeah, do whatever you want to do. <laughs> I don't do that very often, do I? So. But but it was your. I didn't I didn't uh, uh, order you to come to a monastery. Monastery is here. You came and asked. I didn't order you to receive jukai. You asked. So you're you're showing me how much glue you need. And so when you come this direction, much like anyone, when you come this way, then I look at the situation and I I just I don't really have to even think about it. I really don't think much. I'm not saying I don't think some, but it's not a lot. More about that? If, if it feels off kilter or that the dynamic isn't balanced, is that something the student's adding to the situation? That's a really good question. What do you think? Smart Alec. <laughs> it, it seems like when I, I sit down and formally ask you about something, it doesn't feel like you're forcing me to do anything. It just feels yeah. really mutual. Okay. So what? What was the question? If there's any kind of, if there's a perception that it's an authority situation, is that something that the students add into that? I, 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 think you, I don't think you can generalize about that. I think some people feel threatened. And some people, they, they need to feel that. And then the idea there with being a student, you, you work with that as best you can. If you want to be a student, then I can be a teacher. If you decide you don't want to be a student, then go do something else. I don't need a job. I only work with people that give me permission. I don't particularly preach. Of course, it's a little bit like preaching. I'm saying this and this and this and this. But I'm not necessarily right. And I also say, don't believe anything I say. And I mean it. Don't believe anything anybody says. Anybody. Even the Tibetans who think they're right about everything. Don't they? There's only way, one way to achieve enlightenment. Why would they say that? Because they want more Galugpas, they want more Gagyus, they want more. They want authority. They want to control the whole thing. Now there can be, there can be genuine in the 13th century, the 12th century, 11th century, probably needed to take a form like that or wouldn't even be here. But those days are gone. The, the communication is too immediate 
intense and happens in, I mean, I'm talking to someone in Greg in the UK. That's pretty astonishing. This is a huge ball of dirt. If I looked right at Greg right now, I'd have to look through granite. Because isn't he past the curve? <laughs> <laughs> and I think the same thing with Mayun. I think Mayun, though, is probably, she's still in the sky for a while. So I could probably see her just by looking. I can always see her. She's always totally immediate. More about that. Question from Bosker in Houston. Bosker. How or when does the eye feeling drop off during awareness practice that starts off dualistically as I am aware? So, the, so Bosker, I don't think it has to drop off. Uh, what happens is rather than it drops off, uh, the, the consciousness, the awareness, the Buddha nature, whatever name you want to give it, it's the wisdom mind, the prajna, the jnana, sees there isn't anyone. It doesn't mean the eye goes away. And the eye could even get more intense. The, the eye, once the eye, once the consciousness, uh, depends on the particular karma that's showing up for that person, the eye could get more, the person could seem even more egotistical. My first teacher, Trung Paramahaja, certainly didn't seem egoist to me. It looked like he was full of himself on some level, but he was, but he was such a powerful teacher. You just about had to sit down in front of him and look at him to see what was looking back at you. So the I, uh, Bosker, I think uh, it's a construct, but it, it won't necessarily go anywhere. My, my ego is not left. It's hanging out here all the time. Every now and then it takes over and talks for a while. You said you're thinking oh, I can see that <laughs> pretty egotistical. So it's the idea: don't do anything. Neither way, it's not two. So there's both. There's both an ego, and and there's not an ego. There's both a self-centeredness and a not self-centeredness. It actually is not two, but the practice seems to be uh, the way to teach it is to say there is no self in this condas. Form, feeling, perception, concept, consciousness do not get together, hang on to each other's little pink hands, and say we're somebody. Instead, those all get snipped, or those 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 are what self-existing, or just arise on their own. They're just feeling; doesn't have anybody that's feeling. There's just a concept. There's there's no thinker. Uh, there's there's just a form. There's no nobody who is that form. So we're no longer at war with anything. Warfare is gone. It's just it doesn't mean that karma from your from your uh, your lifetime in Iceland in the 13th century isn't ari arising. It doesn't mean that you don't have some kind of force coming through you every every now and then, unsummoned, that comes out of just, what, left field, and suddenly you have this intense feeling about anger, about love, about about depression, about, about it. You can give it any name you want. Do nothing with it. And, and, and this includes adding the words, no problem, because it's probably problematic. It probably doesn't feel so good. But when I say don't do anything, again, the title of the talk, just witness it. Nothing lasts. That's the, the bad news and the good news. But the ego, or uh, that's bad news. Even though it can't make use of its, uh, its wisdom to see that even the bad things go away, even the difficult things go away. Nothing lasts. It may last way longer than you want it to, but it can't last. 
and who you actually are can't come to an end because it hasn't begun. Buddha nature doesn't start somewhere. And it's not something to believe. More? Not from Oscar at this moment, but there is an email that came from uh, Richard Desa through our Sogokoji email a few days ago. Uh, he asks, is it circular to try and clear the mind when it is fixated on an idea? It looks as though the fixation is getting in the way of things that should come naturally, like conversations. So, uh, do I know this gentleman? He's corresponded with us before, too. Okay, so a lot of times sitting down, holding still, and just watching uh, the watching what comes and goes in the mind without interfering or meddling, without adding, subtracting, dividing. And if you see fixation, just observe the fixation. If you do anything with the fixation, it changes its angle and becomes acceptable to the ego, to the self-centered. And the ego will draw a credential out of that saying, I'm really working with this fixation in a really good way. The only, the only way to work with fixation is just witness it, just see that it's fixated. That's enough. If, you, if, the, if, the, if something occurs and you see there's fixation, just look at it. Just, just observe it. Just be aware of it. It doesn't really require uh, hand tools. What was the other part of the question? It just main part was: Is it circular to try and clear the mind when it is yeah. fixated on an idea? So don't don't clear the mind. Don't don't bother with clearing the mind. Just look at the at the mind. If it looks cloudy, look at the clouds. If it looks swirling, look at the swirls. If you're if you're looking at it and you come up with uh, any uh, uh, any first comment on it, just first thought, best thought, as Rinpoche titled his book of poems. First thought, best thought. It's not saying it's not even a thought. The first actual arising after the original situation, as it says in the five dharmas of the Lankavatara Sutra, uh, something arises. Okay, that's it. That's first thought. It would have to be first. Some something arises. That's enough. You don't have to do anything more than that. The other two, something arises, we name it, and then we make up shit about it. It's a good thing, it's a bad thing, it's my thing, it shouldn't have happened, I shouldn't have done it. If enough, I hadn't have done this, that wouldn't, you know. Those three uh, all get together. They may be, uh, come out in force. Uh, they may eventually come where you just see things that arise. You just witness what's happening. But you also witness that in the naming of it, and you also witness the opinions about it, or the judgment or the, 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 uh, the propaganda around it, and so on. So less is better. No, no interference, no, no, don't clear the mind. Don't, don't clear the mind, try, don't try to be somebody else. Live your life, don't, don't hide out from your life. Be genuine. Whatever emotion arises right now, 10 minutes from now, 10 days from now, 10 years from now, just, just let that happen, just don't interfere with it. And also, don't lecture yourself about I just have to. I just have to accept that you don't have to accept anything. Thank you. Greg from the UK says he's looking right back at you. He has two more questions. Right through the dirt. <laughs> yes. You mentioned your thoughts are also dependently arisen. So what is the difference between your thoughts and other people's thoughts, i.e. those who are not so awake? <laughs> I get to brag. <laughs> uh, no solid self. 
thoughts are right. I'm no longer uh, interested in in stopping any of my thoughts or starting them or doing anything. And I, I function since I since this has uh, come about through practicing for many years. Uh, the whole dynamic here has gone through some transformations of some kind. And so now there's no, I have all kinds of thoughts. The thoughts are more intense now than they've ever been. The emotions are more intense, but they can't find, a, a, they can't find a thing. There's no solid thinker anymore. So there's nothing, there's no ax to grind. There's no, not that I wouldn't have feelings, but I don't know how else to say it. More questions would help. I'm happy to go into that area if you have questions about it. Go ahead. So you said something arises and we name it. You said don't add to that, but the, the, that is so deeply conditioned to do that. That's awareness. Awareness is king. Awareness is queen. Awareness is LGBTQ. Awareness, just the just the space in which things occur. Have you ever wondered how that even works? What is that 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 allows a space for thoughts to arise? Where what is the area that thoughts arise in? We have another question in the UK. He says, "Can we be productive or creative in the world and just receive or observe at the same time?" Uh, I, I think that's the only way that you can do it and be genuine. I mean, you can do it as a fabrication, as a, a build-up and a letdown, but to fundamentally do it, uh, I think that's the only way you can do it. More? I didn't even answer his question. <laughs> Michael? Where is the space that thoughts arise in? <clears throat> you see the thoughts? Can you see at the front of a thought or the back of a thought? Let me like that. Mental images come up, but I'm oh. not sure if I'm seeing the actual thought. Yeah, it's the not sureness is the space. See that little smile I have here? It's the not it's not being sure that is the spaciousness. Spaciousness is a concept about something. The actual spaciousness you, you can't you can't track it down with a concept. Just like you fundamentally can't track down anything with concepts. Conce this is how concepts look. Concept, they're helpful. We need menus. We need instructions on how to put our, put our uh, lawnmower together. We need we need concepts. We need we need all that. More. Less. Concepts arise in this space that we can't see, and how are they obstructions? They're not. How is it that they become obstructions? We think they are. We actually think that something's on the way. We actually think, think that we're not getting what we want. We think that there's something else, something around the corner. The thing we think, it's the second noble truth of the Buddha. Life is suffering, which is the first one, and the second noble truth is, how does that go? Second noble truth? You've been studying this? Second noble truth? Yeah. What is it? Desiring is the cause of suffering. Yeah. So we want something else. Whatever's happening, we, we want something else. 
or else we, we want this is okay, but just change it slightly. Make it blue, I don't like black. But then we, if that came up, then we would get tired of that. It's a simple way of talking about it, but have you noticed in your mind that it's kind of like that? It's kind of like, we don't want that, we don't like this, we don't want that to happen, and this shouldn't happen. And what are they doing, why are they doing it that way? Why am I feeling like this? There's a constant circularity of uh, not just witnessing. How do you know you're witnessing? Probably feel like shit. Robert. Robert. Yes. Um, it, it seems that every awareness of uh, within the sixth sense, whether it's thinking or or one of the senses, other senses, uh, has a figure ground structure. There's something mm -hmm. yes. more, and, and there's seems the to. background. Seems to. Um, does awareness change that structure in any way? Or, or what happens with awareness? Okay. Uh, the space, uh, the time and space collapses. Huh? The object that arises in, you said figure ground, so I'm using that. Okay. If, uh, if you look, at a, look at a painting by uh, uh, Jackson Pollock, or look at a, I'm going to use art, you look at a painting by uh, um, uh, I'm trying to think of the one we were looking at, Franz Klein, the black and white painting, intense contrast. When you see that intense contrast, the, someone who is, understands balance and who has the, the ability to put that together, whether it's music or whether it's art or whether any of the arts, this is why the arts, uh, usually, usually, usually using one or two of the senses, brings things together in such a way that, that the separation and the non-separation happen simultaneously and we get this feeling of eternity. We get this understanding of depth and, and quality and even possibly even sophistication on some level. Not the kind of sophistication that is above everybody, but the kind that is, is deep and pure more. Does that mean the figure ground structure collapses or becomes yeah. more fluid or just they're not you see that they're not separate. You actually you don't get rid of either one, but you see that they're not two different things. Again, non duality. Yes, go ahead. Is is this um the same as working with, um, or not working with, but is this the same as awareness when we relate to uh, being fixated on a thought or emotion? Yes. That's why you don't have to get rid of fixated thoughts or emotion. You don't have to get rid of the fixation. You don't have to get rid of any any situation. Just awareness. Just awareness. Otherwise, otherwise, compassion can't arise because there's a, a some there's always something wrong. That's so, like. Mm -hmm. So it's just like loving a piece of art? Not exactly, but close. It's like liking a piece of art. <laughs> <laughs> so there. If you love it, then it's, there's just something wrong with that. <laughs> it's perverted. All right, I'll stop doing that. Huh? All right, I'll stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I was able to help you. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Jeez. Further questions? Further questions? Anyone? Anyone who hasn't asked a question, possibly?